1: On this edition of Big Drive Energy, we recap Cousin Cam Smith winning the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. We have some mini-tour horror stories of guys not getting paid any money that they were promised when they entered into the tournament. We've also got Fairway or Four, Big Bet Energy, and a preview of the tournament this weekend at YLAI. Let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... (laughs)
0: feet off the ground. What was that chicken? Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed.
1: <laughs> what is up everybody? Welcome in to this edition of Big Drive Energy. Had quite the week last week in golf. Uh, we got back to the PGA Tour We had some fire picks that we'll go over and tell you guys about and recapping the Tournament of Champions at Kapalua. Cousin Cam, shout out to him for taking home the trophy. Um, We got some crazy mini-tour stories, Uh, something that's happened in the last week or so that uh, it's kind of crazy to talk about and crazy to hear that uh, since it's on the mini-tour, you know, you really don't hear much about it, but we'll we'll be diving into that. Um, We'll talk a little bit about Tim Rosefort. He passed away recently, one of golf's, like, Writers and a guy that really had a, had his hand all over the the current state of the PGA Tour. So we'll get into that a little bit. We'll have our fairway or four, and we'll have our DraftKings Big Bet Energy picks of the week for this coming up week at Wailea. 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 <laughs> um, of course, this podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host at Big Drive, Spence. Here with my brother and friend Big Drive, Mitch. What's up, man? How you doing? How's the how's the last week been and and what are we looking forward to this weekend, man? It should be a should be a good time. <laughs> oh yeah, it's gonna be a
0: great weekend. Um, <clears throat> not a whole lot to report this last week. We're trying to get shit hammered out for this upcoming season, so just been doing that. Not a how, not a whole lot of golf or anything going on. So been pretty quiet around the Valley of Fun, which isn't always a a horrible thing for us. You know, we get a little time to ourselves. But we are heading to Tampa tomorrow morning bright and early for spencer's bachelor party
1: gonna be an absolute banger
0: yeah it's gonna be something that's
1: for sure um i think there's 13 of us 13 of us coming down from colorado texas south carolina indiana and i think that's about it and then there's another four or five dudes that are meeting us that live in tampa that are that are going to come and we're going to play some golf and uh, there's be on the lookout for some great content because uh, something tells me that we're not going to be very sober for oh, yeah. much it's of the no. weekend.
0: I don't plan on not having a drink in my hand at any point the next four days. So, uh, yeah, all, I, <clears throat> I just can't even really put into words. I'm almost nervous. <laughs> like, I I don't know if that's wild, but it almost, like, scares me to think about. But, like, a good nervous, not, like, a bad nervous, so um yeah it's gonna be a blast obviously next week's episode we'll do a whole recap of everything that went on the money games that were played uh who got the most drunk um our good buddy RK is gonna be down there with us he's coming on the trip so uh, probably take some of his money on the golf course hustle some other people whatever whatever I need to do to to pay my casino tab at the end of the night is what I will do on the golf course so yeah, really looking forward to that, um, and then I got a few other trips, I mean, I've got the Arizona trip planned um, in February, then I'm heading out to South Carolina in February, uh, a few other things, so these next next month, month and a half, is, is about to be
1: live for About me. to be live, yeah, and those, for those of you that don't know or don't remember, I think we've talked about it on the pod before, but Spring Valley, uh, Valley of Fun, will be closed all of February, so... Uh, Don't worry, there'll still be podcasts, still be content from us, but we will definitely be getting some time off in order to um, basically brainstorm and get this year ready to rock for for DNVR golf and moving down to PHNX and having stuff down there and coordinating with them. So a lot of stuff in the books. that will be coming up here in the 2022 golf season for, for all you guys out there. So make sure you're, you're checking our Twitter, checking our Facebook, checking our Instagram, all that stuff is going to be, uh, very advertised and we're going to have tournaments and all that great stuff. So, all right, let's get into a little bit of what's going on this week. So first of all, let's, um, we'll take a few seconds to talk about, uh, Tim Rosefort. So He's a super respected golf journalist, um, died at the age of 68 uh, 66, excuse me and truly uh, like a unique writer in his field. He was actually the first ever writer to earn a um, <clears throat> excuse me he earned a lifetime PGA membership, which was he was the first ever, uh, journalist to achieve that award. He won the Memorial Tournament's Lifetime Achievement Award and the Hondas Classic actually named their media center after Tim Rosafort um, after he retired. So he's written three books like just had quite the life and you can always tell when somebody passes away you know Rip DT uh, Demarius Thomas a couple weeks ago but how many people step out and say something about him and immediately right when uh, this news broke a couple of days ago uh, guys like Graham McDowell, Zach Johnson, Kevin Na tweeted stuff like you know he will be dearly missed and he was a great for the game of golf and one of the really cool things is that Tim Rosefort decided to do is not necessarily become a journalist I mean he was a journalist for the PGA Tour but he he really took an interest in the the guys kind of grinding more, not the guys that you necessarily hear at the top of the leaderboard every week, um, but more of guys that were kind of just making their way on the PGA Tour, you know, finishing the top 30s, top 20s, just keeping their card every year, and he took a focus on guys like that, which was is awesome, because it it's kind of what we do on this pod, too, is, you know, we like to talk about the, the grind of getting to the PGA Tour, and not just uh, you know, oh, this guy wins every week. This guy's the world number one. Everybody knows that stuff. But there's so much other content to be provided on the PGA Tour by guys that aren't um, aren't necessarily the the household names. And speaking of that, real quick, I'm gonna I'm gonna go quick um, diversion here. Uh, really cool announcement from the PGA Tour. So they have confirmed uh, a Netflix show, which from what I've heard is going to be much like the Drive to Survive in F1. Um, It's going to be a golf docuseries and five of the world top seven players are going to be part of this docuseries on Netflix, kind of profiling PGA Tour players and And definitely like the PGA Tour players that are, you know, the big names, but also getting some guys that are, you know, maybe a little more funny, a little more uh, content-driven that, you know, trying to get their name out there. And so this is a list of all the players, uh, I'll go through it quickly, uh, that are going to be in this Netflix docuseries. We have uh, Abe banser Daniel Berger, Cameron Champ, Joel Dahman, Tony Finau, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, uh, Ricky Fowler, Sergio Garcia, Harry Higgs, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Kevin Na, Mito Pereira, Ian Poulter, Xander Schauffele, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Bubba Watson. So what are your thoughts on this, Mature, Are you going to be watching the show? Are you looking, looking forward to it? What do you What do you think? What would you like to see out of this show?
0: Yeah, for sure. Real quick on Tim Rosefort before we talk about the, the TV show. Um like you said, Spencer, Tim Rosafort. the coolest thing about him was he kind of went everywhere. He went into the, the little crevices of, of professional golf that nobody else really ever had, like Spencer said, with finding guys that are out there on the grind and the, right on the bubble, like trying to keep their card. Just going with different storylines rather than the, the low-hanging fruit, you know, and that's what I always respected about him. He was super eloquently spoken, um, really just... He there, he had a way of like making you imagine golf in your head a certain way, and his voice was just so so soothing and and calming. Um, so I really did enjoy Tim Rozafort on the <clears throat> excuse me on the subject of this new TV show. Yeah, it sounds badass, and I think this is what golf has been kind of waiting for for a while. You know, getting a glimpse into some of these guys' everyday lives and. And just making them more relatable and getting them more in front of the camera on a laid-back level, not in front of a, a big press conference or whatever, in front of a, a TV camera for an interview. You know, it's just watching these guys, how they live every day, what their other interests are. Like Abe Answer owns a tequila company. These, all these guys have different investments, different interests, like Ricky Fowler rides motocross, for those of you who don't know, whatever. He, he could have gone professional motocross. So these guys all lead these very different lives. I hope they get a touch on that a little bit and kind of go more in-depth with some of these guys and, and give them more of a personality and a voice as opposed to just a golf swing or a, a face on TV, you know. So um, I'm definitely going to be watching that because, like, I mean, we've talked about it before, but Big Break was one of our favorite shows. That show was probably the best golf show ever produced up until hopefully this point with Netflix. Um, but yeah, every month it was like every Monday night. Spence and I were in front of the TV just waiting for Big Break to come on because it was the most electric hour of every Monday. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And it sounds like there's a lot of different personalities intertwined too. So there's going to be a lot of a lot of good that comes from this, I think. Which is what golf, you know just like any sport they can use this kind of content especially with where media is going you know they they need more stuff like this so i'm really really excited
1: about it yeah i think the cool thing about this show is that it's going to bring like you said the personalities of the golfers more into it but everybody knows who's watched hard knocks it's a phenomenal show and really dives into the life of like football players football coaches and i love watching it like I know this is kind of a this is kind of a timely, you know, time to say this, but Dan Quinn was electric on the last hard not well not the last hard knocks not the one in season with the Colts. Although I'm very excited to see that one if they do one after they lost to the Jaguars because what the fuck. But <laughs> um, just overall, it's it's so cool to get into the locker room and get into those meeting rooms where you know a normal people like us we have no clue what goes on in those. And anytime any video emerges from a scenario like that everybody's so into it and it gets so popular and goes viral and Hard Knocks really dives into the life of the NFL players and what it's like to sit in those meeting rooms and the things these coaches really say and and granted you know guys like John Gruden who may be a you know a bad guy which we kind of found out but he was electric in that show too and it led us into the whole Antonio Brown uh, when they did the Raiders and and then going to the Cowboys, you know, Micah Parsons' story, and now Aiden Diggs is doing his own fucking commercials. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's just
0: insane. There's so much that comes from it. Like, so many little different arms that stem off of these TV shows. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah, so I don't think there's any word yet on what, the, what this docuseries is going to be called. All I know is it's going to be lit, and it's going to be something that really maybe brings people – more to the game of golf that I think it'll bring the the people that are halfway in or already into these tour players all the way in kind of same like hard knocks but I'm really hoping that it catches the eye of uh, some different people that are like oh just searching Netflix one day and they're like oh this is kind of a, kind of a cool show something for me to get into and then and then causes their love of golf to. Exponentially go up after they see what these tour players are like and how cool some of these dudes really are. I mean, for those of you guys that don't know, Ricky Fowler could have raced professional motocross, for God's sakes. Like, that's how talented he is. Um, guys like Mitchell was saying, own own companies. Like, these guys aren't just golfers, they have lives outside of that. And, you know, with the golf season, they're grinding all summer, but wintertime, you know, if they're taking the play, if they're after the playoffs or um, the time when the PGA tour is not really in full swing, these guys are. Are doing a lot of awesome stuff and they're fucking hilarious. Like Max Homa is hilarious on Twitter for sure and probably just as funny in real life. Tommy Fleetwood's hilarious. Brooks Kepka is hilarious. Like Bubba
0: Watson's just a big old goober. Um, but yeah, it really like like we said it it gives these guys more of a personality, which will be really cool to see. I'm as long I'm not like you said I'm not exactly sure what direction they're going with this TV show, but it sounds like. It's going to be along the lines of what we're looking for, which will be awesome. So
1: what would, in your personal opinion, what would ruin the show for you or what would make it lame?
0: Um, if it was very like, if, if they just didn't go deep enough with it, you know what I mean? If they just kept it on the surface level, like just little things here with like Kepka, Watson, Fleetwood, all those guys if they just kind of kept it surface level, but I want to see like day in the life stuff. I want to see, I want to see like real things like them all in the, the locker room, like bullshit and stuff like that. I want to see the camaraderie amongst the guys in the locker room who likes who, who doesn't like who, uh, cause that, that's definitely a very real thing. And just kind of, like I said, go in depth with some things like really show guys stories. they their personal battles, because everybody thinks these guys' lives are so easy because they're out on the PJ tour, and that's just flat out not true. Like everybody still deals with shit, no matter what. So, going like through Brooks Koepka dealing with an injury or just things like that, I think would be really cool to to really show everybody how normal these guys are and and how uh, I want to see like some partying possibly. I like. I want to see him get a little drunk or something. Maybe catch him out at dinner one night after a couple bottles of wine. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Tyrell Hatton on it, because Hatton's fucking hilarious. I love that dude. But it sounds like they've got some really good personalities on the TV show. So, I when is that release? Is uh, it,
1: do they have a date? It doesn't look like they have a date for its release yet. Okay.
0: So. But, anywho, it's going to be awesome. And then once... Uh, once that drops we'll definitely be discussing that on uh, Big Drive Energy after the episodes are released and all that so
1: all right let's transition and talk a little bit about uh, Kapalua and how much fun it was to watch okay first of all first opinion um, as, as you guys know that any of you that watched it so Crazy stat from this weekend, obviously, Mitchell shouting out a winner. First week of the PGA Tour season in 2022. No big deal. Only for um, a fucking 10. Only for 10. a top 10, but we had the name. Yeah. We're not counting it. We're not idiots, but we're also going to say that we – I mean, we called it. Yes. We had three of the top six guys, I want to say, or four of the top six. So we were right there. We were right there week one. We Our darts were close to the center. Um, but – so in the PGA Tour history, Mitchell – this week they had the three lowest to par scores in the history of the PGA tour in one week. Yeah. Um and so Cameron Smith thirty-four under, John Rahm, thirty-three under, and Matt Jones? Yeah. Thirty-two under. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Matt story. Jones was the first guy in the clubhouse. So
0: he he held the all time PGA Tour scoring record for like ten minutes at thirty two under until Rahm and uh Cam Smith both came into the clubhouse. So, yeah, just they went absolutely crazy deep at Kapalua. It looked like the, the conditions obviously were fairly mild. There wasn't crazy wind. It wasn't super firm like the greens weren't all baked out. So it really gave these dudes an opportunity to just take it
1: insanely deep course record who set the course record was it justin thomas Justin thomas with a 61 which mind you is par 73 what so, we talked so about, yeah so
0: so then matt jones shot 61 on sunday um and then colin morikawa on sunday shot 62 he shot 11 under like last place in this tournament was seven under par which to give you an idea last year at uh Wileye, um this upcoming tournament the winner was 11 under par Like, for four rounds. So, absolutely insane. Like, just think about this. Uh, Xander Shoffley finished 12th this week, not even a top 10. Shot 22 under for four days. His scoring average was five and a half under par for four days, and he didn't top 10. Like, just hard to wrap your head around the fact that these guys just went that fucking low. Um, So, Sunday was electric. Like... Cam Smith and John Rom were battling it out. That they start, they both started the day at uh, 26 under through three rounds, which is, I mean, it's all fucking insane. But that's just insane to think about. Um, but coming down the back nine, it was like, is Cam Smith gonna make a mistake? Because rom was putting his foot on the gas. He was playing well, and especially being the number one player in the world, um, he he could be looked at as slightly intimidating. But Cam Smith, dude, he just didn't even think twice. He was automatic. He was driving the ball really well too. And that is one of his big bugaboos is he struggles with accuracy driving. And it's kind of hard to miss fairways at Kapalua there. You could fucking land a plane on most of these, um, those fairways over Kapalua, but he drove the ball super well and he's a great iron player and he's a really, really good putter. So obviously he, uh, he got the job done. made Made the putts he needed to make. Hit the shots he needed to hit, and he actually made a pretty clutch three and a half four footer on eighteen to seal it because he he needed it. And I, honestly, I wish I would have seen like John Rahm make eagle on eighteen to go to a playoff. But still very electric. Oh, and you were that close because you you had the bet that <clears> it was going to go to a playoff. Yeah.
1: So we, um, we of course we always draft uh, bet with the DraftKings sports book and. Real quick, the uh, NFL playoffs are finally here. The Broncos are eliminated, but there's still going to be a ton of fun games this weekend. we got football Saturday, Sunday, even Monday night wildcard weekend, which is going to be lit. And DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer so this year it's gonna be Super Bowl 56 and new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on a wild card team to win their game so all you have to do is bet five dollars and you can win two hundred and eighty dollars in free bets if the team you pick in the wild card round wins also there is a DraftKings hammer the over promotion. So these are guaranteed money. So if your DraftKings account is dwindling a little bit, like mine may or may not be at this time, uh, every 5,000 better who takes the over on Saturday night's game, um, which I believe this week is Buffalo. Um, let's, let me double-check that. Um, so if you take the over on Saturday night's game, it's basically oh yeah, Patriots Bills. Patriots Bills. So basically, what happens is is the the point total lowers by a half a point. So it's it's basically a hundred percent conversion rate. Um, it's hit it has hit zero every single time DraftKings has won it. So every single time betters have won money, and this is literally free money. You you can bet. As, uh, up to a certain amount, I know for sure, but you—it's you're, you're handing you money. You're doubling whatever's in your DraftKings account or whatever you make the bet for. So make sure to do that with the hammer, of the over, uh, in that Bills and Patriots game on Saturday night. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and not only get fifty-six to one odds on any NFL game this wildcard weekend but you get 200 so you'll end up winning $280 in free bets if that team wins. So promo code DNVR Wildcard Weekend DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions do apply. See draftkings.com/sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back to Kapalua. So Three scoring records all set on the PGA Tour by three different players. Imagine being John Rom. Okay, you lose a PGA Tour event where you make 32 birdies and eagle, and you make one bogey the entire four days, and you don't win an event. Like, how insane is that?
0: It's hard to wrap your head around. Like, I know Kapalua plays easy, and it's kind of a a patsy to start the year. At least the golf course is, but just the fact that they actually went out and went as low as they went was fucking insane. I, I'm i still just shocked. Like, imagine you, Cameron Smith was, was averaging 8.5 under par each round. That's an – I, I can't even put that into words, and I can't wrap my head around it. And there's really no good way to put it. But like I said, if it puts it in perspective at all, last place at this tournament was 7 under – and the winner of last year's Sony Open was 11-under this, this next week's tournament. So it just gives you an idea of how good these guys actually are. When you're like, oh, you put them out on, like, a somewhat easy course, what do you think they do? Well, on the worst, Jason Kokrak finished dead last, shot 7-under for four days. Like, and that's probably bad golf for him. Not, not happy about it. Um, so, yeah, it's just absolutely insane. Middle of the pack was 17, 18, 19 under, 20 under. Like, that is just – that's – I don't even think there's a comparison to, like, another sport that's like – I mean, that would be, like, the worst NFL quarterback throwing for 350 yards in a week and the best throwing for 550 or what? You know, I I can't even equate it to any other sport.
1: Um, But it was a blast to watch. I really had fun watching it. And So do you think that there's any asterisk on this golf tournament because of the fact they played lift, clean, and cheat the first couple of days? <laughs> um, I don't
0: – honestly, it doesn't make it that much easier. It does, but it doesn't. And it all depends on how much mud was on the ball, how much water was on the ball. Um, but in terms of lies, like especially on the PGA Tour, you play lift, clean, and place on like a mini-tour event, that makes a huge fucking difference because – there's a huge difference between what the shape of a a mini tour course is in and the shape of a PGA tour course. So uh, I don't really think at the end of the day that there was that big of a difference. Like there's, if you're saying there should be like an asterisk like next to the all-time scoring record, then no, I I definitely don't think so. But I mean, lift clean and place does benefit you preferred wise things like that you're probably not going to be sitting in any divots or anything but overall I mean these courses are in such good shape every week like it's not going to make that big of a difference did they play it in the rough too or just the fairway just the fairway I believe. oh yeah I mean if you're playing it down out of the rough then who gives a shit like you hit the fairway sure um but yeah it, it definitely was playing somewhat easy by the looks of it and the leaderboard definitely showed that
1: yeah, well, in- incredible stuff, and it makes it as much as, like, some... I know there's two takes on the on the PGA Tour, and I guess I want to see where you fall. Do you enjoy more when the tournament winner is, like, 10, 11 under, and they're struggling to make pars and birdies coming in, or do you are you more of like I feel like a lot of I saw a lot on Twitter this week it was like oh my god 32 33 under this is a joke like this isn't even fun or are you more of that person that enjoys seeing what you saw from like a rom and a, and a Cameron Smith
0: see I I guess I I hate not having a, a hot take or a, even like really a take but I like both of them like I like the differing weeks I think they're There should be easier tournaments. There should be birdie fests out there because that's a blast to watch. Like, who doesn't want to watch these dudes go out and and pretty much display their – just put their skill on display with – I mean, and let's be real. Like, it's still a tough golf course. It's not a fucking gimme. It's it's not a pitch and putt. You know what I mean? It's it's a PGA Tour golf course. Um, So the fact that people – want to be fucking get off my lawn person and and say that this tournament's not any fun i you just have a big dump in your pants at that point like if you can't enjoy seeing these guys go out and absolutely tear up a golf course um i can't get behind that but i also enjoy the the u.s open week i enjoy the tougher tournaments like the wailai in kapalua wailai where they're playing this upcoming week it is like a complete 180 in terms of golf courses this upcoming week you're going to see a lot of irons off of tees there's a lot of sharp dog legs a lot of tight fairways um, and the scores are not going to be that near as fucking low i bet maybe between 10 and 15 under will probably win it but i like both of those weeks because they have their own place on the pga tour you know i don't want to see 20 under every single week i want to see winners 8 under one week and 28 under the next week i think that's fun because it shows the difference in golf courses. And at the end of the day, when you're on the PGA Tour playing tournament golf, you're competing against everybody else. You know, it's not it's not between you and the course. And we love to say that, like, with our own personal golf games. But when you're on the PGA Tour, it doesn't matter. Like you said, John Rahm shot 33 under, played his ass off. He lost because somebody was better than he was. So just because you're you think you're playing well or not well it's all relative to the field anyways you know what i mean it's not oh you reach this certain par, score under par whatever you have to go out and beat your your playing partners and your opponents whether that be even par 20 under 30 under it doesn't matter so i i like both um but that's maybe just because i'm a, a fan of golf and i know I, I wouldn't say i know what it's like i've never played on the pj tour but I know what it's like to play a hard gol- a really hard golf course and what a good score means there. And I know what it's like to play an easy golf course and what a good score means there. So, uh, yeah, I like both of them. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, I, I think what's fun about this is not necessarily seeing um, a guy shoot 34 under. Like, I'm kind of part, impartial to that as well. Like, it's fun. Records are only going to be set on every professional level in sports in general. NFL going to 17-game uh, season, 18-week season, new records are going to be set, um, even though some of the you know records we can talk back and say, oh, they, they only played like T.J. Watt's sack record, et cetera. Um, but I think what was the most fun about this was just like watching them come down the back nine on Sunday is they're making, making great shots and, and just back-to-back doing that basically – To stay alive. Like, Rom's doing it to stay alive, but then you're not just making
0: pars, you gotta make birdies. Like, I
1: think that's electric. Exactly. And that creates even more pressure, and that's why it's such an incredible win for our cousin Cam Smith because, like, just having, watching, like, I think it was 15, Rom hits it close, or hits it, hits it close, first of all, and then Cam hits it closer, and then Rahm makes the putt, and then Cam's got to make the putt. Like, yeah, I think that's, just battling it out head-to-head. Head. Yeah, that's a lot more fun coming down the stretch, I think. like, If you could have a golf tournament where guys are struggling most of the time, now this isn't really possible, but if you had a golf tournament where guys are struggling most of the time the first three days, and then the, the winners both shoot like 30 and 31 on the back nine on Sunday, it makes for the most electric golf because they're just pouring in putts over one another. It's almost like a match play at that point. And, um, as much as I was happy to see Cam Smith win it outright, I did want that plus 300 in the playoff for the prop. So way. unfortunate for, unfortunate for that, because, uh, I thought it was going to happen for a little while, but Cam just did not back down.
0: No, dude, he, he played his ass off and I, you could see the disappointment in Rom's face. He's like, cause Rom did everything he could. I mean, you rarely saw him misstep. At all, like Spencer said, he had one bogey all week. Is that real? Yeah, one bogey all four days. That's fucking insane. Um, And that just goes to show you how well he's striking it. And, well, both of them. And it comes down to making putts, and Cam made a few more putts than Rom did. But just an absolute display this week. I I thought it was a blast to watch and definitely kind of kicked off this calendar year on a a high note with – setting the pga tour scoring record and and just the drama coming down the back nine on sunday what and let's give matt jones a shout out too by the way holy shit um he almost came back and won the thing out of nowhere from the clouds uh what did he start sunday at he was probably five or six shots back and only lost by two so he made a put, and and that's with the leaders shooting seven and eight under on Sunday. Like when when you beat a guy by four shots on Sunday and he shoots fucking eight under, that's insane. Like that's that is absolute golf. And for those of you who don't know who Matt Jones is, he's uh he's this Australian guy. Um, but the and he's won on the PGA Tour before he's won the the Houston Open. I know. Um, I forget where he won this last year, but. He's, uh, the, the most interesting thing about him is if you watch his pre-shot routine, he legitimately stands over the ball for three seconds. He is like the fastest golfer on the PGA tour. So he's, he's Love a, that. Oh yeah. Love that. Yeah. And it's so rare out on tour to see a guy like that. And they've asked him about it and he's like, I just step up. I have a decision made and I hit it. And a lot of people could take some fucking notes from that. Um, so yeah, Matt Jones, great Sunday. He's still got to be walking away with some momentum after that last round, even though he didn't win the tournament. But hell of a, hell of a Sunday all the way around from, from three dudes who just balled out. It was it was fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely so much fun to watch. All right, so before we give you uh, we get into Big Bet Energy and talk about this weekend and talk about our fairway or four, uh, Mitchell's got kind of a crazy story uh, as it relates to mini tours, and so. You know, as we talked about a lot, there's there's a lot of these mini tours that nobody hears about, nobody knows what's going on. Uh, Mitchell's been around this block a little bit before in his playing career, but just some crazy ass things that come out of these mini tours and and uh, the Mitchell's horror gonna-
0: stories. Yeah, I mean, so this is this is one of the biggest horror stories I've ever heard um, in terms of mini tours. So. Uh, this is a story brought to you by the Fire Pit Collective. It's, this dude's on Twitter at uh, Monday. He's His handle is a case of the golf one, uh, Monday Q info. And this guy basically just kind of goes around and I, I don't really know how he has his finger on all of this stuff on the mini tours, but he kind of reports on... All the crazy facts, all the crazy stats throughout the week. All those fringe guys that you you've probably never heard their name, but um, what guys are doing to shoot sixty-two to to get into a pre qualifier or to get into a qualifier for a tournament. Just he he basically has everything. His name's Ryan French. Um, so he just wrote an article this last week. It's called on the website firepitcollective.com about this mini tour event called the Big Money Classic. And that's already kind of a red flag because <laughs> the dude who runs it's just like wanting everybody to know that they're trying to put as much money out there as possible. So the first, the first thing, um, I'm not gonna read the whole article, but the, so this Big Money Classic took place in Florida um, at Orange County National. Uh, first week of January. So the entry fee per pro is twenty eight hundred dollars. That is astronomical in terms of entry fees. Like, I think the most most I ever spent on entry fee was fifteen hundred, and that's still high. Uh, most most entry fees are between five hundred to a thousand to fifteen hundred. That's that's pretty much a standard ballpark. But twenty eight hundred. Think about that. If you have a hundred players in a field, that's two hundred eighty grand. Um, but this guy, this director, let me find his name. We need to, to out him publicly. Just a capital, but Manning told me last week, my number one priority is getting the, pay, pl- the payers played. So this was the big issue during the big money classic the was payers played or the players oh, gee, paid. Oh my God. dude. That's We're a, not drunk. I promise. That's yet. a tongue twister. The players paid, excuse me. Um, but this golf tournament was basically touting a guaranteed, $100,000 payout to the winner. Uh, second place was fifty grand, so on and so forth, but very large uh, purse and entry for a mini-tour event. So now it's coming out that there is at least 24 players that are owed money from the Big Money Classic that have yet to be paid. And one of the guys, there's skins that haven't been paid out, and then one of the guys like got paid from this random lady on Venmo and Zell for his winnings. Like just the most random shit. And they are still so Tom Lovelady, who is actually played on the PGA tour um, from Alabama, University of Alabama, he is still waiting on seventy grand. The uh, winner, MJ McGuire, is waiting on eighty grand. And then they're talking to one of the guys who finished like top ten, I want to say like eighth or tenth. He's owed twenty four thousand dollars and still hasn't gotten it. And and one of his members at his home course sponsored him, so he's got a stake in that in his finish at the tournament. And so this dude who paid for this pro's entry fee is thinking that the pro is like stealing from him, and there's just all this fallout over this uh, mini tour event. So I'm kind of interested to see where it goes, but just one of the many horror stories of mini tour golf and guys, th- this is not the first time that there is an event where guys can't get paid. And it really is unfortunate because these guys are, are depending on this money. Like they're out here trying to make a living. They earn that money. The money was guaranteed to them. And they have not gotten paid yet. So I just thought it was a crazy story. And hopefully these dudes can get their checks. But it's just a sad deal when you hear about something like this where if you run a tournament, and obviously the guy didn't have any problem collecting $2,800 from every single player that entered the event. But then when it comes time to pay these dudes, he's like, oh, I'll put it together. They actually asked one of the guys... If they could pay him sixty grand in installments over a year and include interest, as opposed to paying him all sixty up front for for what he won,
1: this sounds like, fucking. This guy is not Big Money LLC. He's No Money LLC.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, where what happened to this? Probably three hundred thousand plus dollars from all these entry fees. Uh, so just a uh, uh, one of the things that we. We don't like highlighting, but the shit does happen out there, which is sad. Uh, one other quick mini-tour story. So for a, a pre-qualifier over in Hawaii for the the Sony Open, uh, because for those of you who don't know, at most PGA Tour events that aren't invite-only, there are Monday qualifiers uh, to get into the, the event. Like, hypothetically, you go out. Anybody could do it if you're a pro. You go out sign up for the pre-qualifier, make it through, make it through the qualifier, you're playing in the PJ Tour event that week. Granted, you have to shoot probably 62, 63 two days in a row or two separate times in order to do that, um, which about 99% of professional golfers aren't capable of, not even just the general public. but So these guys over at this pre-qualifier in Hawaii, excuse me, uh, were – at the pre qualifier, they show up. All these guys' names are on carts for the pre qualifier. So everybody, because they usually give you the option to walk or ride, and so all these guys' names were already on the carts, and they all assume they were riding. So they hop in the carts. They go out play whatever, and then this guy, one of the players, gets a, a charge for like a hundred and fifty dollars from the golf course on his card. So he's like, what? what is this like he called the golf course is like what's going on they had a guy standing out by the carts keeping track of who was riding and then they were taking the credit card on file not telling the players and charging them all like it's some astronomical like 100 150 bucks to ride during that monday qualifier and like how fucked up is that like what like it just it doesn't make any sense, and that's the shiesty stuff that you see out of these mini-tours, out of even PGA Tour qualifiers. Like, it it doesn't make any sense, and hopefully, um, somehow, I don't know who can control it. Maybe the PGA Tour commissioner can kind of button some of this shit up because apparently they're giving these golf courses too much uh, liberty with what they can charge guys. Um and even like the, I heard the waste management they they release their their pre qualifiers, and their qualifying spots. Um, they'll always post ahead of time how many spots they're allowing in the qualifier, and then for how many spot actual spots in the PJ Tour event. Um, so I think for the waste management, our good buddy Eric Hallberg always plays in the qualifier, and. They posted this year, they have 120 spots in the qualifier, which you have to pre-qualify for, which is probably $500 just to play in the pre-qualifier. Um, and then it's like another five, 600 to play in the qualifier. There is 120 players for two spots. Like, there, there's going to be some sort of ass-backwards eight-way playoff unless one of these guys goes out and shoots 59 and one shoots 60. Like, why would anybody in their right mind – I don't care how good you are, you're gonna go spend a grand to play two days of golf, or one day of golf to get into a spot, get into a field of 120 to play for two spots. Like, what is that? That who who's gonna who in their right mind that doesn't have money to burn is gonna go do that stupid shit like mini tours. Everything, like, I wish there was some way, and the PGA Tour has worked towards that with, like, PGA Tour Latino America or PGA Tour Canada, but there needs to be even more tiers. Like, we need, like, a single A version. We need, like, a, I don't even know how to put it, we need another tier of somehow, even if it's not connected to the PGA Tour, just regulating these mini-tour events because it's gotten out of hand between players not getting paid, players getting overcharged, just so many. And, and I will have to say, real quick, there is a lot of tournaments that are very poorly run, but then there's guys like the Outlaw Tour down in Scottsdale, which I heard do a phenomenal job. Um, the E Golf Tour down in Florida, I heard does a really good job. Golden State Tour, which I think is kind of a part of the Outlaw Tour. There is some really good tours, but then you get these tournaments that are run by fucking thieves basically like they're they have no idea how to run a golf tournament they just want to get handed all those entry fees and then they kind of just figure it out from there so sorry to go on a a quick mini tour rant but that's that's just some of the stuff that happens kind of in the background of of professional golf that nobody ever hears about but absolutely fucking insane like all all of this happened in the last two weeks and i guarantee you um, I know we talked about it last year, but there's stories every single week. Like that one dude who physically tried to get in a fist fight with his playing partner at a Corn Ferry Tour Monday qualifier. Like him and his dad were like ganging up on this one dude about to beat the fuck out of him. Just so much wild shit. So uh, I think it's it's fun to talk about and kind of highlight that a little bit. So whatever mini tour stuff I can dig up and find, we'll we'll do like a little. Maybe we'll do like a little once a month segment on some crazy crazy mini tour news or whatever but i i thought all three of those things were equally insane uh like i said and they all happened the last three weeks so
1: just uh current events and mini tour golf fun shit fun shit good shit all right so before we hop into this last segment our last segment of the the week in uh, Fireware 4 We're going to give you guys our, our new segment If you will, and shout out to RK for the name But uh, we we Started this last week, we're going to track it All year, Our we're going to call this This is called Big Bet Energy So we're going to give you guys a little preview Of the upcoming PGA Tour event We're also going to tweet out these picks Along with their odds, of course from None other than the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook uh, America's top rated sportsbook app, by the way And so we're going to give you guys each, if you didn't listen last week, um, thanks for listening this week, and maybe take these picks and win yourself some money. So if you didn't listen last week, my picks were Justin Thomas to top 10, which earned me a unit. He got like fifth place. Uh, And then I had Kevin Na to win the tournament uh, as my long shot. So we're going to do one long shot plus 5,000 odds or better, Um, one top 10 of anybody of our choosing and then one winner of anybody of our choosing so granted we are going to be down units to start the year if we don't pick winners we kind of coincidentally picked a winner last week so if you you know you take all our picks even our top 10 guys to win you never know what you're going to get but we can't technically count that so um, we're not thieves we're going to just be, be real about it <laughs> we're so. going up to it i fucked up So as of last week, uh, I lost one unit, so I I won my one unit bet on Justin Thomas Top 10. I lost a unit on Kevin Na to win, and I lost a unit on um, Cohen Morikawa to win. He also got Top 5, but getting pretty close. We were pretty close to the center, and then Mitchell had uh, Cameron Smith, who ended up winning the tournament, plus 130 as his pick. So he's he Mitchell lost essentially 0. 0.7 of a unit. So after one week, we're officially down 1.7 units. But you know we pick a winner, f- I think three or four times this year, and and we're gonna end up up money, and hopefully we can do it even more than that. So Mitch, do you want to get into give us your kind of fate, not favorite, but your, your your winner this week? Who's gonna win at uh, while while lie, while <laughs> not good at why lie why lie it's like two syllables why um so
0: this week i'm gonna roll with abram answer to win the sony open he is kind of that that short game wizard really accurate off the tee not the longest hitter but that's what this tournament's known for like i mentioned previously really tight. got to g- control your golf ball. Got to be really good around the greens and it's always windy there. And I said that about Kapalua, but it's always windy at the Sony open. Like it is, it is right up against the beach. So, you know, you've got some wind coming off the ocean there. Um, so Abram answer, he's plus 2,200, but I think he
1: gets it done this week. I just really like his game there. Yeah. And as Mitchell was saying, why, uh, why lie is just a really, it's a super flat course. The <laughs> it's, elevation change in the total is estimated at 10 feet uh, for the entire golf course so super flat but as we've seen in the past with like guys like Kevin Na winning here it, it's going to take a lot of accuracy and it's not going to take a lot of distance so if you're looking at you know p- making other picks or just looking at what you who you think is going to do well this week we're not looking for distance that's why um, unfortunately Bryson DeChambeau he is out of this tournament Mitchell's picked from last week that uh, to win that lost and uh, word word around the tour is that he struggled not having green books. The tour is not allowing the green books anymore, so um, word is getting he out He probably there. just doesn't have something to blame. He doesn't have something to point out and be like, what the fuck? Why did I miss this? And so now Bryson DeChambeau has fallen out. Uh, he's taken himself out of this week's tournament and is probably headed back to the States for the uh, California or Arizona swing. And, uh, yeah, basically super, super tight course. It's a par 70. Um, so we'll see some low rounds probably as to, in terms of total score, uh, not necessarily scores to par. Justin Thomas shot 59 here in 2017 after winning, winning the Century Tournament of Champions. He opened up with a Thursday 59. Um, so pretty incredible stuff from him. Cam Smith's also won here in the past couple of years. But my pick as a winner this week, um, and this is a guy that has been, he's not necessarily the longest hitter but always semi-accurate and a guy that I just think he's, he's ready to win again on the PGA Tour. And let me make sure I got his odds correct here. I'm logging myself into the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Scrolling over to... Where is it? Who are you looking for? Oh, here we go. The Sony Open 2022. Um, and my guy uh, to win it this week is going to be... Uh, I'm gonna go with Taylor Gooch. So I think this guy's he's he's been there. He hasn't been all the way there yet this year and this past calendar year. When I say this year, I mean like this past tour um, calendar year. But
0: he, he is he is definitely trending in the right direction on the PGA Tour. He got his first win last year. Um, Oklahoma State product or no? I'm sorry, Oklahoma product. I want to say uh, one of the two. He's from Oklahoma but From he knows, yeah, he knows how to play in the wind. I don't hate that pick. All um, right, Mitchell, give me your top 10. Top 10, kind of going along those same lines of the type of player. Um, Kevin Kisner, I'm taking a top 10 at plus 350. And that's pretty good odds. I mean, he is built for a golf course like this, hits that low draw, always has a good short game, always puts well.
1: Uh, This course is built for him. I'm taking Kisner plus 350. All right, my top 10 is a guy that I wanted to take to win it, but I just don't feel like he's got it in him to win the tournament. But I will say I I did think about that. So if he does end up winning it, um, (laughs) all the credit, none of the blame. Yeah. Um, But this is a guy that's in three of his four in three of the last four years playing this tournament. He's top five every three of the four years. A guy that uh, I saw in an interview today, he said he thinks his best golf is ahead of him even though he's pushing 40 or getting into his 40s, and that is going to be none other than Webb Simpson. So Webb Simpson to top 10, you're looking at plus 160. So bet a unit, win 1.6 units. So Webb Simpson to top 10 is going to be my pick. All right, for my long shot this week, plus
0: 5,000 or over, I am coming from the clouds. Uh... It is going to be some pretty big odds, but I I do like this guy's game, and he's a low ball hitter, very accurate, uh, can make his way around pretty much any of these tight, short golf courses, is Jim Herman. uh, University of Cincinnati product. Pulled that one out of my ass. Oh, look at Bearcat. Um, Yeah, he's he's a Bearcat. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, he's... I think he's got three or four career PGA Tour wins now. And his go-to tee shot, whenever he gets kind of nervous, whatever, he goes fully Trevino, starts hitting these dick-high lasers like 10 feet off the ground, even with the driver. Tees it low, fucking hits it low, controls his ball, keeps it out of the wind. So I like uh, Jim Herman as a long shot, plus 20,000. Holy cow, Those if you are... hit
1: that, we are, we are going somewhere for yeah. a long time <laughs> and never, ever coming back. All right, uh, my long shot is a guy that has won on the PGA Tour before. Um, I'm kind of squeaking right at just at the long shot area, but uh, he won just last year. And fun dude. Uh, love, love watching him in the bucket hat. He's exactly at plus 5,000. And I'm going to go with none other than the man Joel Dahman. So, this like is that. once again, this is a course like we talked about. Not, not, don't need a ton of distance. Dahman's pretty accurate, and I feel like he's, he's kind of like another guy, just like my, my winner, Taylor Gooch, has been there. He's not, he, I believe he won on the fall swing. Taylor Gooch? Say. No, John uh, Dahman.
0: Joel, yes, he did. He did. Or it was either late, yes, he did win on the fall swing because it wasn't technically last year's season. But it was last year. So I think it was this year's season. So uh yes, I think you what did he win the Barracuda or Yeah, I think that I think you got D- that
1: right. Barracuda. Barracuda. I think something like that. He did win though, so we can All right. So Joel Dahman to win it plus five thousand. So you think you that's some good odds, man. That's uh, I love taking those long shot bets because Like I said, we just have to hit one of those. That's all we got to do is hit one of those. Yeah, so we can
0: give you losers for about 30, what, 35, 38 weeks. And if we give you two winners... We are going to cover the year probably and then some if we hit
1: one of those long shots. So. Yeah, we're going to be sitting there at plus money. So uh, once again, a recap of the picks. Once We will tweet these out in a graphic, but Mitchell has Abraham answer to win the tournament plus 2,200, Kevin Kisner to top 10 at plus 350, and Herman, Jim Herman, to win the tournament as a long shot at plus 20,000. For my picks, I have Taylor Gooch to win it plus 2,500. Top 10 is Webby Simpson with a sprinkle on the money line for him to win the tournament at plus 160, that's the top 10 odds and the winner at our long shot of Joel Dahman at plus 5,000 so make sure you get over to the DraftKings Sportsbook, use that code DNVR and lock those picks in for this week alright, last segment of the day, let's finish it up with fairway or four and, and get out of here and get to get to Tampa, Florida so uh, Mitchell, what is your, your fairway or four? So we fucked up we'll be fully (laughs) fully uh we didn't tweet out the picks from transparent transparent that's the word we didn't tweet out uh our fairway or four from last week so there'll be a double fairway or four this week so mitchell give me your fairway or four for this week and um let's see what the people think all right
0: so i like to usually stick with sports so i'm gonna stick with sports the whole uh Ben Simmons situation. Do you think so? Fairway or four? Does Ben Simmons deserve to get traded? Does he even deserve the acknowledgement from the 76ers? He is so he's yet to play this year. He's openly just ass at basketball, like he can't shoot, he's afraid to shoot the basketball. Um, and yet he is the one making demands of the 76ers, like, oh, I, need, I want to be traded here, otherwise I'm not coming back. Um, just one of the weirdest situations we've seen in sports that hasn't really been that talked about. But now with the trade deadline upcoming, um, they've started kind of discussing potential suitors for him, where he could go, whatever. So does Ben Simmons deserve to be traded somewhere, or does does he just need to go back to the basement, stay home for the rest of the season, and work on his jump shot?
1: Um, I would say, overall, I would think he deserves to go back to the basement and needs some more work on his jump shot. These, <laughs> a lot of these athletes nowadays like get disgruntled for whatever reason, and then they think they deserve to go play somewhere else when they've already signed a contract there. Yeah, and committed. the dude just signed a max, what, two years ago or a year ago? Like, they've committed to the city. They've committed to the team. It's unfortunate when you see situations like this because – they're like it sucks especially for like the people in Philly. Like they and you know they have to deal with this shit. Like we've we've dealt with this before with Carmelo Anthony with different players that you know they won out and it and it does hurt being a fan base. But I think what hurt kind of hurts worse I would think is like Philly's good. Like they're not like shit. They're actually a good basketball team and have a shot to win a title. So I'm not sure what his problem is, but it's almost just like a rip off the
0: band aid thing. Like it sucks more that he's still on the team technically under contract but he's just not playing like if i was a 76ers fan i'd be like fucking get rid of him for a bag of balls i know obviously money purposes that doesn't exactly work out that way but what a shitty situation as a a fan of the franchise i'd just rather see him go and move on you know like let's focus on the team that's on the court that wants to play the game you know what i mean yeah it's
1: definitely a distraction to the team for sure yeah Um, All right, my fairway or four. This has been something that's been talked about in our uh, our DNVR Madden League, just things in general. um, The NBA does a really good job of this, or I guess depending upon how you look at it. um, People in the DNVR Madden League and other people just in general on Twitter want the Broncos to change their logo and go back to the old logo or go back to the old uniforms. And I'm not going to go Broncos specific, but fairway or four teams like nba teams always add the city jerseys and have all these different jerseys fairway or four teams should change their jerseys more often and their logos and their style more often or are you on the side that they should keep it the way a lot of teams should keep it the way it is keep it keep it simple keep it what people know
0: um i'm definitely on the side of of keeping it, not keeping it simple, but I think there needs to be a a logo affiliate, one logo affiliated with a franchise. So if you're, if I think I'm answering this correctly, I'm going to say four, um, because I think there does need to be some assimilation with, uh, with a logo. I don't even know if I use that assimilation. That's a great word from the clouds with the word of the day. Uh, but there needs to be a logo that people can, recognize and relate to a franchise. But I will say that I would love to see once a year these teams bring back their, like, especially NFL, some of the old logos are so fucking good. And obviously I think the Broncos is top five, the old school logo, the the D with the, the Bronco is a top five logo of all time. So yeah, I would absolutely love to see them do that at least once a year, bring back the, the throwback colors Um, the lighter blue and the orange. So I I definitely think there needs to be one set logo. Like you don't need to change it all the time. You don't need to constantly be switching it up. Um, But at, at that same token, I would like to see them do more with their retros. Like I think the NBA goes about it very well with the once a year bringing out a new logo, having an alternate uniform. I'm all about that for sure. But there needs to be one logo there for years and years. And I, I don't, I, I don't want to sound like I don't have an opinion, but I think then once every 10 to 20 years you can change the logo. I just don't want to see it changed every three, four years. You know what I mean? I think especially... Growing up in my era, and I I, I don't think it matters when you grew up, but you always have that logo of like your team when you were little, and that's just what you think of when you think of your team. So how often do you really want to see that changed is my thing, but I, I like both sides of it. I hate to be that guy. I like... I like the alternates, but I, I want to have a logo that I can affiliate
1: with my team. No, that's a fair answer. I just think looking at some of the teams, like especially in the NFL, there's teams that are trying too hard just to change, and then oh, they look exactly, like shit. Oh, exactly. Like the like, Jets, like what the fuck, they look horrible. <laughs> the fucking Atlanta, like ATL is pretty dope, but like their old Falcon logo is so sick. Like looking at teams in their old jerseys, I'm like, that's fucking fire. But like,
0: see, we're we're also almost at the age, like we're dating ourselves a little, and we're not old, like don't get me wrong. But we're at the age where we're like back in my day when we were little, those logos were so cool. And it's just more of like a a way of going back to our childhood. It's just that that comfortable feeling of, of looking at all these different logos and being like, oh, that was their logo when I was like eight. You know, so it's you got to be able to adapt and, and bring in new stuff. But I know what you mean. Like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it's good, it's good. If it if something can be done, then do it. Whatever. Fuck yeah.
1: it. Don't need to change for the sake of change. Yeah. That is our so. that's our life lesson for the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap up this pod. Uh, thanks for all for tuning in. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, give us a rating, a shout out, whatever uh, it may be. We like to hear from all of you guys. We appreciate you listening. We are going to now head to Tampa, Florida. You'll see some content from us. Follow us at Big Drive Energy on Twitter. I am at Big Drive Spence. He's at Big Drive Mitch. Have a great weekend. Enjoy Wild Card weekend. Get in on that DraftKings boost. Get yourself some money in that account. Get those bets in for the golf tournament at YLiG because we're hot. We're feeling hot we're feeling good about our picks so make sure you get those bets in have a good weekend we'll talk to y'all next week peace